I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, football coach time in Tennessee time. Man, I love it when a coaching search is over time. We'll see if y'all like how this search ended time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a chilly Wednesday night. I think it was like in the 60s yesterday. Going to be snowing tonight. That makes sense. Makes about as much sense as Tennessee Athletics does a lot of the time. Not just me on this podcast. Uh, For the first time in, oh gosh, what's it been? Like, I think just about a month or so. First time. It's it's been a while. He's had his reasons, um, but he uh, he is back. Patrick Brown, what's up, man? Yeah, I forgot how to hook up the podcast equipment because it's been that long. <laughs> I mean, I, I do things like that all the time, and I'm on this thing like three times a week. So it's it's. Uh, but but happy happy that you're happy that you're back. Happy that uh, everything's good with the family. All the big additions, everything is awesome. On to business, Pat. Tennessee nine days ago, I believe, went on a search for an athletic director and a football coach. Had to do both of those things. Uh, didn't take long uh, to get the uh, athletic director, getting Danny White from UCF. Uh, took just a just a tiny bit longer, not much longer, but a tiny bit longer uh, to get the head football coach, and he came from the same place. Uh, they ended up being a package deal. Josh Heupel from UCF. Don't call him Central Florida. They don't like that. Call him UCF. Is now the head football coach of the Tennessee Volunteers, I believe the 27th uh, full-time head coach in the program's history. Pat, it's uh, it's been a it's been a bit, man. How are you? And uh, what's going on with the news? Uh, well, Wes, I, I tried to plan uh, the birth of my children around a time where maybe I could avoid having to cover a coaching search. That's it was you, you, you almost did it. Um, but, you almost did it. But but the offspring had different plans because uh, they came a little bit earlier than we were expecting. But. Uh, so I, I missed a lot of the drama and the buildup because for the, about the first half of this month, I was basically off between uh, my wife giving birth and then also the children coming home. So I missed a lot of the buildup to Jeremy Pruitt's demise. Um, and actually, I was off the day that he got fired and that Philip Fulmer yeah. stepped down, quote unquote, stepped down and. Uh, I just felt you guys needed some help, so I jumped in and wrote a few things. And then Tuesday, I went back to my we, off day. We appreciated it. Yeah, it was it was uh, it was that kind of day. Yeah, and so, but I did, and I, I literally came back on uh, on Wednesday, uh, which would have been day two, no, day three, first, the the second full day of the uh, athletic director search, because obviously they did that before they uh, went on the coaching search. So I still got the coaching search. I got the full experience. 
Um, they're all a little bit different, but this one was obviously a little bit tricky because you had a guy who had been hired uh, like a day before. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and nobody really knew who he was. He's got a track record of being, I don't want to say shifty, but like being clandestine and doing things under the dark of night and nobody knows what's going on. I had a few people at UCF tell me that uh, when Danny White hired Josh Heupel at UCF, that it was reported that it was going to be Dino Baber. So I think was a yeah. Bowling Green at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it turned out to be Heupel. So even when uh, you started hearing and, and, and seeing some things about it being Heupel on Tuesday night, you're like, well, you know, maybe, but maybe not. But um, it turned out to be Heupel. And, and at the end of it, um, he ended up, you know, Danny White ended up hiring the guy that was, you know, he just left. So, um, and he probably even said on, at his, you know, on the press conference on Wednesday that when the process started, he didn't plan on hiring Josh Heupel, but um, that's where it ended up. And he's got a lot of confidence in his ability. So um, as far as the hire goes, I think it goes into, you, there's just no way to know. I mean, most coaching searches and coaching hires are kind of crapshoots. We've seen that. Um, and, and, you know, I, on one hand, I think given everything that's gone on at Tennessee with the NCAA situation, with the losing for years and years uh, with some of the roster attrition, uh, the fact they were able to get arguably one of the, you know, uh, the head coach at, at one of the best group of five programs is probably, you know, probably not a bad deal at the end of it. I know uh, some, you know, some people are there may be mixed reactions. I think we can call it West, but yeah, that's fair. Um, uh, you know, so I, yeah, so we'll, we'll have to see how it goes. I mean, I think there's some things to like about it. But there's also some questions about, um, Josh Heifel and how he might work out at Tennessee that well, I'm sure we'll get into. You also heard Jimmy just uh, accidentally smack the microphone just a second ago as I was trying to We're a to real professional it. outfit here at Go Balls 247. <laughs> this is, man, you know, it, it's there was a basketball game last night, so I uh, was up late doing the photos and some of the stuff from that and, and you know, then had to wind down and go to bed. Probably ended up, long story short, slept about three hours just nervous the whole time. Being yeah, me like, too. Being like, is someone going to get this? Well, yeah, we don't even, we just have a dog here. We don't have kids. And uh, I was still just nervous looking at my phone being like, because uh, here's, here's, here's where I was on Tuesday night. And this was during, during the basketball game. Because um, I took a break for a second. I was like, you know, this might happen tonight, but I'm going to start covering this game. You know, I'll see what happens. And then I got a heads up from, uh, I won't name him, but uh, someone I know in the in the Oklahoma program. And uh, so he knows Josh Heupel. Um, but, ha- you know, Heupel hadn't been there for six years. Um, but he is, you know, f- won a Heisman Trophy there, uh, was an assistant coach for like eight years there, was a GA there. He- he's a legend in-, in Norman. And so he he still knows a lot of people there and in that program. And, and this was one of those people. And he said, um, hey, you, you kind of you, you need to be on alert or whatever. And I was like, okay, well, okay, well, what, what is 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 this happening? He was like, yes, hypo, done deal. And I was like, done deal, really, done deal, a hundred percent. And then he was like, well, I don't know if anything's ever a hundred percent in this world, but uh, it, it, it's it's going to be it's going to be hypo. And I was like, man. <laughs> You're not going to give me that, that. That's just like not enough confidence for me to sit there and go, yes, it's happening. Because we know people at Tennessee were not saying much. Danny White was was doing his best not to let anything out. So this was going to come from somewhere else. Uh, and it was going to come from either Orlando or from someone who knew Heupel. And so we almost got lucky there. Felt like I went on the board and said, listen, guys, there's a lot of noise about Heupel right now, but I, I, I'm not going to sit here and a hundred percent say it's done. I'm just, I'm just not there. I don't have that confidence right now, but it, it looked like it was going to be hypo. So, so that's why, 
you know, then trying to write stuff in the basketball game while monitoring the phone the whole time, being like, okay, is this going to break? Is this going to break? Is this going to break? And that's just that's just what we do in the business. But now that y'all know a little bit how the sausage is made, uh, Tennessee has a new football coach. And, and Pat, as as you said, uh, fair to say there's a mixed reaction to this. I, I think there there are a certain number of Tennessee fans who will be happy just that there's a new football coach. And they will be happy that this is a guy. It's not Jeremy Pruitt, so maybe things will get better, and they're just going to be happy about that, and that, that's what they want. Then there's a group of people who are just so frustrated with what Tennessee has done the past 14, 15 years that if you don't hire at least someone on like a Matt Campbell, James Franklin line, people are not going to be happy. They're just not going to be happy. No matter who you hire, they're just not going to be happy. Then you got a lot of people, and I think this is probably where most people are, if I had to guess. They're in this mode of, you know, this could be good, but I'm just not sure. And I I think that's probably where most people are, and I think that's the fair place to be. That's where I am. To be honest with you, Pat, I, you know, Josh Heupel, if you're listening to this, you need to be doing something else. But if you're listening to this, just to be clear, uh, you, Josh Heupel, were not near the top of my list if I were Tennessee's AD in terms of guys that I was going to go higher. You've done some nice things at UCF, got a lot of potential. Your offenses score a butt ton of points. That's awesome. Uh, I I, I didn't, I, I wanted maybe someone with a slightly different profile for, for Tennessee's right position right now. But I'm not going to sit here and say that, that that blinds me to the fact that he could be a good hire. This is a guy who was, what, 28-8 and eight, uh, at UCF as the head coach, uh, and that, inc- that includes a 6-4 and four record this year. And I believe six of those eight losses came by a combined 19 points, uh, and the other one came by eight points to LSU, and then they got routed by BYU in the bowl game this year, which, hey, that's a, that's a good team. But I, I look at this, and I look at that record – and I look at being top five nationally in offense three years in a row, despite losing not one, but two quarterbacks, two catastrophic injuries. Mackenzie Milton, who, remember, is, was a superstar, goes down uh, late in the season. They still end up winning the, AA, the, uh, you know, the AAC title. They push LSU to the brink uh, in, that, in that Fiesta Bowl. Uh, so really good first year, and they do it with the backup quarterback. Then that guy is going to be the quarterback the next year because Milton's injury was so bad it was going to take a full year plus to, to get back from. That guy tears his ACL, I believe, just before the start of preseason camp. So they're going to like their third and fourth team quarterback the next year, and they still go out there and win like 10 games. So I, and all the losses were close. So I'm not going to sit here and say he took a really good situation from Frost and it got worse. Pat, I think he did an okay job there. I, I really do. Am, am I crazy about that? No, I mean, uh, people are going to point to the uh, regressing um, sure. win totals. And, and, and as Heupel pointed out on Wednesday, you know, this past season, it was a COVID season. You, you kind of have to mention that with everybody. I know UCF had some opt-outs. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there are easy and obvious things to like about this, this hire, and there are things that are a bit of a question. Um, I mean, this guy, you know, for, for Tennessee fans, it's been really, really hard to watch this offense for the last, really since Josh Dobbs left. Yeah. They've been miserable on offense and really they were probably the worst, uh, this past season. Um, and, and as Daniel White said on Wednesday, hear from a lot of fans, a lot of alumni, a lot of boosters that wanted to see offense. Well, can't get much more offensive uh, than when Josh Heupel and what he's done at UCF. And 
Uh, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more, maybe get into the nuts and bolts of, of why they've been able to put up so many points uh, later on. But um, if you're a Tennessee offensive player, uh, you know, you ought to be pretty fired up. Maybe not if you're an offensive lineman, because you're going to have to condition your, you know, what off over the next few months to, to get ready to play 85 snaps a game. You're not going to see any carbs. Um, you're going to go on the Eve Ponds, uh, no carb diet basically now. But, but, but if you're a quarterback and that's whether you run, you're a runner, a thrower, a little bit of both, uh, if you're a running back, you're a wide receiver, uh, the two happiest guys probably should be Jalen Hyatt and Valus Jones, right? I mean, those guys are going to get featured a lot more than they were Yep. Uh, in this past uh, offensive offense that Tennessee had this past season. So, uh, And we always see this with coaching searches, right? They're always kind of overcorrections to what you just had that failed. Mm-hmm. So Jeremy Pruitt was a defensive coach, and a lot of people will say, well, the defense sucked too. Granted, um, but the offense was, you know, Tennessee scored, what, 17 points? I mean, the most – they scored what is it 31 and 35 in the first two games this past season and then didn't score more than 19 the rest of the year is that right i mean they were just so it's, inept offensively if that that's they didn't not right it's right on the money it's close they didn't give themselves a chance to win any games so um and then hypo's got a good history of quarterbacks i mean you look at the guys he's coached sam bradford at oklahoma two heisman winners. um landry landry jones there even at utah state he was the guy that found jordan love who was a first round pick um, Coach Drew Locke at, at Missouri for two years when they led the ICC in total offense. And obviously they've had, uh, as you ran through some uh, some of the quarterbacks they've had at UCF that have just continued to, to churn out numbers and, and put up big, uh, big stat lines. So um, that's a reason to be excited about it. There are some questions about it, you know, because he took over a program that had gone undefeated. Um, this will be new to him. This will be new to Josh Heibel stepping into a program that's not a total rebuild, but close to it potentially i mean you could, whatever's you could what, whatever's be, one step above it is is where they are you, you might be in the mid 70s scholarship number wise next season um which is and it's tough to build that back up with the 25 hard cap limit and the transfer portal and all that stuff um and, and you might have ncaa sanctions coming down on the pipe too that, that knock you out of a bowl game for a year or two and, and maybe even shorten you some more scholarships so but that adds more um, that adds more to his contract so it's, it's true um and, and uh, and a lot of people, you know, we'll get into more of the search here in a second, probably. But you know, Tony Elliott was a guy that was got a lot of attention in this search. I think he was a guy that Tennessee wanted to hire, and um, people were wondering why. You know, he's never been head coach before. He's just like Pruitt. Whether you were hiring Josh Heupel, Tony Elliott, or, or even James Franklin, there isn't a there's a learning curve to this job at Tennessee. Yeah, you know, that, there there's something that that coaches um, that that you. You kind of can see from the outside, but you kind of can't until you're you can't. It. It, it's you can't. Kind of, it's kind of a fishbowl kind of thing where um, there's a lot of good things about this program. There's a lot of a lot of support, a lot of resources, yeah. um, a lot of tradition that you can tap into, and, and a lot of things that that give you an advantage. But there's also a lot of things that make this job really, really tough. Um, and that's you know the pressure to win, the pressure to win right away. I think it's really tough to recruit to Tennessee. It's tougher than a lot of people I think want to admit. Just because, uh, you know, you, you may get a top 15 class, but you're probably seventh or eighth in the SEC every year. Yep. Um, you, you know, you, you're playing Alabama and Georgia, who are going to have two of the best rosters in college football every season. Florida, Texas, a and LSU all have great talent bases around them. Um, uh, who else am I missing? All, you know, Auburn is always around the 10 to 12 range in recruiting just because of, of their proximity to a lot of talent in Alabama and Georgia and even Florida. So, uh, th- there's a lot of challenges um, to this job that until you're in it, you can't really see. Um, and, and so 
I, I, if Heupel was the floor of the search, and he clearly was, then that's a pretty good floor, I think, all things considered. You know, th- th- this program was a bit of a mess. You're making this hire on, what is it, January 27th. Um, this, this had the potential to go really bad, you know, uh, and Heupel may not work out. There's no way to know at this point as we're sitting here. There's just no way. There's no way to know how Shane Beamer is going to work out at South Carolina. There's no way to know how Brian Harson is going to work out at Auburn. There's just no way to know. I mean, everybody thought Tom Herman was the second coming at Texas and he's still out of a job. So um, that's, you know, that, that's sort of where I am with this hire is that you just don't know. But um, I, I think that, you know, given everything that that's currently going on with this program and what just happened and the timing of it all, I think to get a guy that's 28 and eight's not that bad, Wes. Am I crazy? Tell no, me I'm crazy. No, and six of those eight losses are by a combined 19 points. Now, of course, a negative person could say, why is he losing all those close games? Okay, fair enough. We'd have to go back and watch those more of those. Well, I, close I, games, close losses for Tennessee would be a change from the past season. True. That's so, that's so sad and it's so true. Because there's a couple things that, that, that I know that's a sad dose of reality, but I think not, I think some you know some uh, Tennessee fans might need some dose of reality at this point because uh, maybe they set their sights higher on, on who they could get, and maybe that wasn't realistic because it kind of sounds like they cast a pretty wide net and had a lot of people say, mm, no, thanks. I'm good where I'm at. Yeah. There's a couple things that, that I, that I really, really do like. And I mean that genuinely, there's a few things that I really, really like, and I'm going to talk about those to lead off the second segment. But before we get to that second segment, I'm, I'm going to mention just one thing that really is kind of, it's ringing a couple of alarm bells for me in terms of potential concerns, because, um, I, there are things I really like, and I'm not going to ignore those. I'm going to talk about those in, in the next segment. But but in terms of some things that, that, that would give me a little bit of apprehension here, um, this is a guy who is pretty well known to not be the most sort of gregarious, um, sort of patient person dealing uh, with press and, and the public. And at a job like Tennessee, especially when you're trying to rebuild and you're trying to energize people, that can't just stop at the water's edge of your locker room. It, it has to continue into the community. It has to continue with every interview that you do. Uh, you have to kind of be – dial it down a notch from, from Butch Jones, but but you got to be pretty optimistic and pretty positive about this situation. Sort of like Danny White is, honestly, when he goes up there and talks. You know, he said a couple things that I'm not sure he should have said, but the, the bottom line is I, I like I like where his head's at for the most part. I, I like the the mentality there. That, that gives me some concern. Uh, the other thing is – it is so important who he brings onto this staff because this is not a guy. He, he spent two years coaching in the SEC East at, at Missouri. Offensive coordinator, put up some good numbers, completely transformed that offense. We'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, is he going to get guys on his staff who can recruit in this league and guys who know this league, really, really know this league and have experience and know how to handle the rigors of it? I think that's going to be important. You know, like when Pruitt became a, a first-time head coach, you know, he had the, the rumps and the rockers and those kind of guys. Some sort of equivalent to that, a couple of those types of guys, um, I think would be smart. Now, I'm not talking about retreads who just, you know, you, you can have because not a lot of other people are going to pay a lot for them. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. Just experience for the sake of experience is, is BS. I'm talking about, like, good quality proven guys who can either either recruit or be a position coach at a very, very high level. I think that's something that this staff's going to need. And, and I, I'm, I don't want to say I'm worried, but uh, when you play offense the way they want to play offense, as quickly as they want to play it, you are going to 
you're going to put a lot of pressure on your defense. If you any three and out is just brutal, um, you know, and and that's going to be something. Not when you're playing like an Ole Miss necessarily, because uh, that's just going to be a bunch of pinballs going back and forth. But you know, your other your, the, some of these other teams in the league, that's just going to be a problem. Uh, imagine like the way Kentucky does that ball control stuff. You go three and out, you might be spending 14 minutes on the field in a quarter. You know th- that kind of stuff. They really got to get the defensive staff right. That's something that I think is really, really important. And that's something that I don't want to say it's a concern because they haven't filled the staff positions yet. But until they do that, it's at least a question mark for me. No, I, I, I think the two big question marks are, for me are what do they do with the defensive staff? Who's the defensive play caller? Um, uh, and who do they f- get to fill out some of those spots? And, and the way you mentioned, you know, the way this offense plays, your defense is going to be – in a you know in a tough spot a lot you know we've even seen it at Alabama the last couple of years they yeah. they've transformed how they play offense um, and so the 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 vin, the vintage vaunted Alabama defense really hasn't been around now they were pretty good this past season but even then Ole Miss went up and down the field on them um, you know they they didn't have the same kind of uh, intimidation factor and part of that was because the offense was scoring so fast that they were on the field a lot so. That you're going to have to, uh, you know, to play the system that they want to play on offense and that they're going to play on offense. They're going to have to, as a defense, live on generating negative plays. That's just what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to sacks, tackles for loss, interceptions, turnovers. Those are things that they're going to have to do because they're probably going to give up a lot of plays, probably going to give up a lot of yards. They're probably going to tire and get on, you know, be on the field a lot. Um, And so those are the things that they're going to have to do. Um, but that's the trade-off you have. And, you know, will it work out? Will it win in the SEC? I don't know. The SEC had a lot of teams putting up a lot of points the past uh, this past season. Obviously, we saw what LSU did, um, you know, and, and even his teams at Missouri that, that Heupel had, his offenses at Missouri were putting up a lot of points. But they were also giving up a lot of points. So um, that that's one question. The other question is, is recruiting because UCF – um, I'm not sure how much outside the state of Florida they had to recruit. I haven't looked at their roster to see how many non-Florida guys they have on, on the team, but I'm sure they don't have anybody from Tennessee. I'll put it this uh, way, is, Pat. They, they brought in this year, late in the season, they brought in a snow machine just to have some fun one day and, like, bring snow out to the practice field and, and kind of sled down it. And they had, like, some, you know, one of the companies that comes by and brings it because a majority of their team, a vast majority of the team, had never seen snow. Well, so that'll that, tell you where they're recruiting. Well, that's and, and I thought it was interesting uh, on Wednesday that Hypel came out and was like, "We're going to lock down the borders." Like, and I, you know, did somebody tell him? Did he look at the the, the rankings in the in the twenty twenty two class? Some of the players that uh, aren't that far away from Tennessee. Uh, maybe he did. Maybe somebody told him that. Maybe that's his real plan. But um, th- there's they're going to have to play some catch up because, uh, as we saw from you know a lot of the recruiting reaction that that Ryan Callahan posts on our site today, a lot of people don't know a whole lot. Correct. Uh, a lot of guys and a lot of prospects in this state don't know a whole lot about Josh Heupel, which is why um, that staff, those staff hires are really important. And so that you know that's why he's got to get some recruiters that uh, know this state, that know the Atlanta area. If you can get into the Carolinas, cool. Um, that you know there, there's plenty of talent within a 300 mile radius of Knoxville, right? You've got Charlotte, Atlanta. Uh, you could even go up to Ohio if you wanted to. Yeah, Cincinnati, um, Char- yeah, Cincinnati, Charlotte, go up to um, obviously Tennessee. You know, Bir- Birmingham. Like I, said, I mean, you know, there's all kinds of areas. 
there's been a lot of talk about this in-state class and, and that has to be the focus um, and they've got to play catch up there. And so um, I posted this during the press conference on our board, just listening to Heupel talk. If I had to predict it, I'm not going to get any names. Uh, we have heard that Cody Burns is a guy that they just hired at UCF might uh, be in play for a spot here yes, at Tennessee. Very we true. Posted that earlier. Um, I, I would think the staff will be a combination of uh, he's going to bring some guys from UCF. I really think that's going to be, uh, maybe at least a couple of those guys from that staff and, down there. And he should, to be honest, because you don't want a situation where you don't, where you're having to work with a lot of guys for the first time. You don't want to do yeah, that. I, no, you don't. And you want to have guys that you trust and that, yeah. that know your system. Um, and so um, I, I think he'll bring some guys there. And I also think he'll sprinkle in some guys that have SEC experience and, and some guys that um, are, are known for recruiting the areas that Tennessee needs to recruit in, because obviously he's going to have to shift his footprint um, and what he's done as a recruiter um, to a different spot. Now, you know, I'd have to go look at this, uh, look this up, but I think some of his Missouri teams did have some Tennessee guys on them. Yeah, they did. A um, couple, you know, receiver from Memphis, Tyler Beatty. I don't know. He might've come along after Hypo left, but had a, had a receiver from Nashville. who was a pretty big player uh, too. Well, they had Jonathan Johnson who was from Memphis yeah. or was he? And, and so, you know, Missouri dipped into the state a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but as a coordinator up there, who knows how much he was, you know, as a coordinator, you're not really, no. you know, nose to the grindstone recruiting. But, no. I, yeah, I, I agree with you, Wes. I think those are the two big questions for me is is what do they do for the defensive staff and, and what kind of play can they get on that side of the ball? Um, and, and what do they do recruiting-wise to, um, you know, make up for lost time and with this is eight class clearly you, you you're, you're on record saying you want to lock down the borders well you know you got to go do it now so um and there's a lot of a lot of programs in a lot better spots uh that are going to be trying to get some of these in-state guys to come play for them and so you're you're kind of battling uphill but um you know we'll have to see how it goes i think there's there's a lot to say about the because i said two things it's kind of two and a half things i suppose but but the just the, the magnitude of this job, the weight of this job. Uh, I don't know how he's going to handle that. Uh, again, you, you've heard there's some people down there in, in Orlando who say, you know, he, he doesn't doesn't suffer fools gladly. Doesn't doesn't love dealing with media a lot. Doesn't doesn't get into a lot of those things. And and he's going to have to act like he does now. I mean, there's just no. Because I don't think they're going to hit the ground running and win 10 games in the first year. So so you're not going to build up a ton of goodwill that way. So you're going to have to play an exciting brand of football, and you're going to have to be an exciting guy or have some exciting guys on your staff. Um, I, I think that's just something that the, the pressure of this job uh, is something that, that, that can be tough. It can feel like you're getting squeezed all the time here. You're, you're not battling one rebuilding project. You're, you're battling 13 or 14 years of frustration. And, and it's, um, you know, this is a metro over a million people. You know, they're, they're, it could be big enough for a professional team, doesn't have one. So what it has is a college team covered like a professional team. And, and it's, it's like Pat said, there's a lot of things about pressure that, and just the grind of this job in particular that you don't really understand. Because I've covered a lot of coaches now who think they understand it. They think they have an idea, and then they get here, and then they realize they, they did not have an idea what it was like. So We'll see how he can handle that. Um, if you want to look at that optimistically, though, you could say this is a guy who coached at Oklahoma for several years. Um, he is a guy who was the national championship quarterback for an undefeated team, so he knows pressure. He knows how to perform under pressure. That part of it shouldn't bother him, right? I mean, this guy's played in the biggest games you can play in, and he played you know, you know, 
um, was in the NFL for a couple of years. He's been around big time football. The, 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 that part of it will not be completely new to him, but being a head coach will be. But there are some things I like too, and uh, we're going to step away quickly, go to break, uh, pay some bills, listen to some products and services and in house ads and other fun things. And we're going to come back and talk about some things that, guys, some things might not suck about Josh Heifel. Let's talk about it in just a second. Hashtag ad. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast, brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago. During that commercial break, West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio, Patrick Brown, Coming to us from an undisclosed location here on a chilly Wednesday night, chilly, wintry mix kind of a night here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Probably a lot different from Orlando when Josh Heupel took off in an airplane this morning. I'm guessing that was that 650 miles was uh, was quite a difference temperature wise. I'm just gonna go, just gonna throw that out there as a guess. Um, but talking about Josh Heupel being Tennessee's new football coach, talking about some some pros, some cons, all kinds of other good stuff, and we're gonna get to all that. Back to that. Before we do it, though, going to take another quick reminder, guys. Please take a minute out of your day. I'm not going to lie and say it's a second. It's probably a minute. It's probably like 60 seconds. Go in there, hit the subscribe button on this podcast. Please rate and review this podcast, whether it's you know Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher. Anywhere in the world you can cast a fine pod, you can find the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. And this thing grows all the time. It's awesome. I love I love following this. It's been great to watch these numbers, these metrics, and all these good things. Uh, the standard football chart, you could say, of, uh, of metrics here. But it can help us even more if y'all would go in there and rate and review and hit that subscribe button. We really, really appreciate it, and it takes just a minute of your time. It'll take you a shorter time to do that than it will be for me to explain what it is and why it matters. So please go in there and do that. Also, you can go to govals247.com the best site on all of Al Gore's internets. Always good deals for new signups there. Pat, we, we talked about uh, some things th- that were potential positives and then some, some, some potential concerns, causes for concern about Josh Heupel. I'm going to tell you one thing I really, really like about this hire. 
and it might sound like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth because part of it's also a slight concern, but I think more of it is positive than negative. I am a firm believer that as long as Nick Saban is at Alabama, you are not going to do what they do better than the way they do it. You're just not. You're, you, you, might, you, know, you might go out there like you know, Hugh Freeze at Ole Miss was able to beat him. You know, he, it's not like they're impervious. They, they, only two of his title teams have been undefeated. They'll usually stumble once along the way. You might beat them. But in terms of consistency, it's just going to be hard to do what they do and do it better than them. I mean, they're taking former NFL head coaches and making them position coaches right now. Guys, they're just – it's a different planet right now. And what Georgia is doing with Kirby Smart – uh, they probably should be winning more, if we're being honest. But athletically, what they're doing, I think a lot of times Tennessee was trying to do some of the same things with players who weren't quite as good, and I didn't like the results of that. And what I said about Jeremy Pruitt as a concern is something that I think is a potential strength about Josh Heupel. I don't think you're going to do what Bama and Georgia do better than them, so do something different. Do something different. That gives you a different group of players to recruit to. That gives you a, a way to, you know, kind of beat them without being better than them. You can be different from them. And, and right now, the position Tennessee's in with its roster, um, I just think you got to be – I think you have to take a chance and you got to find a way to put points on the board. And if that's going to be playing at that breakneck speed, doing some of that stuff, hey, it can work. Yeah, and, and – you know, a lot of people will say, well, look what Ole Miss did, right? Sure. This Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin's Ole Miss. Um, what they did in that, in that game against Alabama, what was the score of that game? 63 to 48? Yeah. It was back and forth, and it felt like um, whoever had the ball last was, uh, was going to win that game. Uh, I think I was listening to it on the way back from Athens, uh, and it was the Alabama radio crew, and they were just like, we're not even lined up yet. Yeah. <laughs> They're running plays. Um but I think there are some misnomers about this Hypel offense. And, and let's be clear about one thing. He, he's done it a little bit different. And he kind of talked about that on Wednesday when I asked him sort of about his background. You know, when he was a player at Oklahoma, uh, the year before he won the Heisman, you know who his offensive coordinator was, Wes, 1999? Mike Leach, baby. Air Raid. Ooh, Air Raid. So he played for Mike Leach. Wow, I didn't um, know something about Mike Leach. That makes me feel really, really sad. I'm really, well, really. Yeah, you just, you, yeah, you, sh- you should feel sad. That's that's a humble. Uh, that's a humble right there. I just got humbled. And so you know, he he's been in a little bit of everything, a um, little bit of air raid, a lot of RPOs. Yeah. Um, obviously at Oklahoma, you know, he got asked about getting fired at Oklahoma. He went to Utah State. Um, when he still had a top twenty yeah. offense, when he got fired, by the way. A lot of people think that UCF had all these running quarterbacks the past two seasons. McKenzie Milton ran for, you know, he, he was a running quarterback in 2018. Yeah. But the last two seasons, their quarterback has had more than 200 rushing yards. Yep. Um, so I think that's a misnomer about this offense that uh, in Tennessee's case, it's going to favor more Hendon Hooker, Caden Salter, maybe even Brian Maurer than Harrison Bailey. That, that's not necessarily the case. I mean, Drew Locke was, he was not running around. He could move a little bit, but. Uh, that that guy, you know, he could throw the ball anywhere, um, and so yeah, he looks he, be a he, look, he looks a little he looks a little newborn giraffeish when he runs sometimes, but he can he can throw yeah. it. And, and so you know, you don't have to be a, a running quarterback to succeed to succeed in this offense. Um, and you also it's not it's not a finesse offense either. They go fast, but they run the ball quite a bit. Um, and, and that's that's another area that I think kind of gets overlooked with this offense. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but. Um, you know, UCF had a lot of guys, you know, 
pile up a lot of rushing yards over the past yep. couple seasons. I think they averaged. Oh shoot, maybe now I got to look it up. Now I got to look it up in my in something. I think he's um, another one of those people who doesn't like the word spread because that has a connotation that you're a finesse offense when that's really not what you are. If you yeah, if you do it um, the no, way that okay. they do it. I found my numbers. Uh, the last three years, UCF, the lowest they ranked nationally in rushing was 25th, and that was this season. They averaged 210 yards a game rushing this past season. 2019, it was 223. 2018, it was 265. So, I mean, they're, they're churning out yards on the ground. Um, and what this offense is predicated on, first of all, is the tempo, obviously. They want to yeah. go – whatever is faster than fast. That's a, that's what they want to do. Um, and they want to stress defenses that way. And they also want to spread the field as wide as possible. Yep. So they're going to spread, whether it's three tight end or whether it's three wide receivers or four wide receivers, those guys are going to be spread out wide. Um, and then it's just a numbers game. It really gets, it, you know, reading some, some stuff on it, watching some, some clips of, of UCF. It's really just a numbers game. It, 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 they're trying to spread you out and outnumber you in the box so they can run the ball. And when you commit an extra defender to stop the run, that's when they've got one-on-ones on the outside and they're taking shots down the field. So uh, that's why I mentioned earlier, if you're Jalen Hyatt, if you're if you're Bayless Jones, if you're a quarterback in this offense, um, you should be feeling pretty excited today eh, because you're, you're going to get a chance to, to do a lot of things. And, and, and what this offense is predicated on most is the quarterback. It's a quarterback-friendly system, but the quarterback has to be able to read and recognize a lot of where to go with the ball. You gotta, you know, you gotta be thinking really, really fast because you're snapping the ball every 15 seconds, probably even faster than that. And you've got to know, all right, I've got two, you know, I've got six guys in the box, I got six blockers. We gotta, you know, we're running the ball here. You gotta know when, uh, when the other, you know, when the defense drops a safety down, or you know, splits a linebacker out on a fourth receiver. You gotta know where you're going with the ball pretty quickly. Um, and, and you have to be able to put the ball to where your guys can catch it against one-on-one coverage. I think that's. Uh, if there's two areas about this offense that make you wonder if it can translate into the SEC, it's probably on the line of scrimmage. Uh, and can you protect your quarterback? And can you, you know, can your offensive line win at the point of attack? Because uh, you may have a numbers advantage, but if you got if you guys getting beat up front because you, you know, the other team has better players than you do, then you're in trouble. Uh, and if you've got uh, if the other team has really good defensive backs and your guys can't get open and can't make contested catches, that's where you also run into some trouble. So, um, but that's. It's, I, I can definitely, yeah, I can definitely see those air raid principles, Pat. You know, at times you, you see, you know, because a lot of the times with with Leach's offenses, you see that kind of throw it to a spot. Um, you know, there's a lot of improvisation that the quarterback's got to do. But that, that's, I mean, I, I've not watched like a ton of their full games. I've seen a couple of the full games just over the past couple of years, just watching football on Saturdays. Tennessee's off, whatever. But but seeing them here and there. And they do have a lot of those kind of the quarterbacks reading and reacting really, really quickly and putting the ball, you know, trusting his receivers to get where they're supposed to be. And and, and this offense, it's not it's not a passing off. It's a running offense, right? So they're trying to spread you out and get get it to where you've got four down linemen and two linebackers. You got six guys in the box, and you've got in most cases five offensive linemen. They use the tight end quite a bit, so I think that could be a position where some of those guys ought to be pretty fired up too. Um, you know, kind of an H back role. And so if you've got six blockers and a running back, if you get a hat for a hat, you've got, you know, you got a chance to make a big play there. And then as the defense drops the safety down or, you know, commits another guy to stop the run to make sure the numbers are right, then that's where you get one-on-ones on the outside. That's where this offense is predicated on. So it's not necessarily, you don't need a running quarterback. They don't need a dual threat guy. Um, they do a lot of RPOs. You got to be able to, you know, like you said, you got to be able to 
control the thing, control the offense, know where you're going with the ball and, and be able to read the defense, all this happening at warp speed. So um, it'll be adjustment, but um, – and that's the thing I like – you have to like about this hire is that, you know, Tennessee might not – you know, who knows how many games they're going to win, but they at least should be more entertaining, right? It, it, it at least should be less – wanting to claw your eyes out because you go three and out four straight times and, and you're trying be, to kind of run against a brick wall you know <laughs> so i mean that's um you know they're definitely going to be trying something different but you know can they recruit good enough athletes on the line of scrimmage to um you know to be able to run the ball as well as they have at ucf i mean ucf probably had better players than a lot of the teams in the aac just because you know a lot of there's a lot of talent in florida so yeah, there is um but they, they got a nice relatively new stadium there too and they've got you know they, they got they got cool colors to wear i mean there's things they got going for them yeah so like i said you know this offense is there's some kind of misnomers about it that people assume well oh you know harrison bailey's gonna be the odd man out because he's not a runner you don't need to be a runner necessarily to to be you know have success in this offense so um and, and it's not an offense where you're it's not an air raid where you're throwing it 55 times a game and running at 15 like Mississippi State. So it's not – it's neither of those things. Um, and it's like Heupel said on Wednesday, you know, you, you kind of have to do what your players can do. And, and you have to um, – and, and he extended this to more than just the offense, but focus on what your what your players can do and not what they can't do. Um, and, I, and I thought there were too many times under the previous staff where that staff didn't do a good job of – maximizing what their players could do. It's almost like they asked them to do too much. Yeah. They didn't do, you know, we saw it in glimpses, in glimpses, you know, with his offenses past season. Why, you know, you would wonder, why don't they throw the ball more to Jalen Hyatt? Why don't they throw the ball more to Bayless Jones? When they threw the ball to the tight end, it usually worked. Why don't they do it more? You know, look at the Texas A&M game. They threw to yes. the tight end, what, twice in the first drive, and then they didn't catch pass the rest of the game. It's like – Well, and that Texas A&M game is, is, is a great example too because I, I we laughed about this, but Texas A&M – runs like eight plays. I mean, mean, it's not – It's if you find guys who can do exactly what you need them to do and you can design an offense around them and you can spread the field and you can get in space, you don't have to do a lot. Just spread the field, find your best matchup, and go there. I I mean, that's – it's not – you know, I, and I get when you get to the NFL level, then you get into like the three-dimensional chess of, you know, they're doing this, you got to do that. There's so much reading and reacting. In the college game, still you still see a lot of times where you can do what A and M does, do what Florida does. Florida doesn't run; it, it does not look like the most complicated offense in the world. It just has great rhythm. It gets guys in space, and it it has players who do what they need to do. And, and that, it has a, a quarterback, is what it has. Well, yeah, I mean, and Mullen's a quarterback whisperer. I mean, you know, well, yeah, that helps. that's that's something else that I thought was interesting that that Heupel said on Wednesday is like, if you're going to chase championships, how many times did he use the phrase, we're going to chase championships? Yeah. At least a dozen, right? Which, that is was a, the, which is a nice way of saying, we're probably not going to win any early, but we're going to be chasing them. We're going to be, so, we're, we're going to get know, there eventually. Yeah. And so, you know, if you're going to chase championships, you got to have a champ, championship quarterback yeah. and, and that guy's got to, uh, and that's not just on the field. It says, you know, you need a guy that can handle the pressure that can handle adversity that doesn't get too up and too down and obviously the quarterback position since josh Dobbs left tennessee has been kind of a mess um we'll see how it transpires with this group that they've got it's you know that room's just about i don't want to say overgone a, a makeover but there's some a couple new phases in there so um but uh but yeah i mean 
it, it's not an overly complicated offense, but uh, it, it's gotten results. And if you're Tennessee, if you're a Tennessee fan, I think you have to at least be saying that if you're trying, if you're overly negative and, and Danny White's called you out, the one glimmer of hope you should hold on to is that maybe you'll, and most likely you'll get to see some good offense for the first time in four or five years. Yeah. And that'll be the best recruiting tool that these guys have early on too, especially if he doesn't get a, if he doesn't get a staff full of guys who really know this league and have a ton of experience and have, you know, great relationships all over the state and things like that, the best recruiting tool they will have aside from the players on their roster and their personalities, they're obviously a huge part of it, but the system is what, you know, you can just be like, hey, man, maybe you don't know me yet. Hi, uh, I'm I'm the new coach at Tennessee. Here, just watch this. I'm going to send you to your phone right now. Watch about 10 minutes of this and tell me if you want to be a part of this kind of offense. Do you want to do this kind of stuff? Do you want to come here and score points? Yeah, that that's that's and score touchdowns. Yeah, you know, you know that that especially if you're recruiting an offensive player. Now, if it's a defensive player, that's a that's a whole other thing. You could be like, maybe you can cover this in practice every day and get better. I mean, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I, I don't I don't know yet. There's a lot of questions there, but I really like that because I I am a firm believer that you are just people say this is defeatist, and I, I don't care about that. I think it's practical. You're not going to do what Saban does better than what Saban does it, so do something different. Just do something different. That gives you your best chance. That's sort of money ball in, in a sense. You know, you're not going to do what the Yankees do better than them because you don't have the budget the Yankees do. So do something different and, and then catch up, and then maybe, you can, then maybe you can start plucking away some of those five stars again. But, but I, I, I like that about Hypel. And here's what I like too, Pat. I, I, I like this. I like that this is a dude from South freaking Dakota where it's like so much of the year you can't even like be outside without being uncomfortable. And this kid wanted to play football. And have you spent a lot of time in South Dakota? West, two of my best, two, two of my best friends are from South Dakota. Actually, that's a, that's a true story. That's a true story. Six degrees of recreation. Here we go. There you go. There you go. And, um, and, and I think someone in all 50 States, I, I, I think Heupel's also Catholic. So have that, we ha- got that going for us too here at Fort Rucker studio. But, but I, I think that I like the fact that this is a guy who, and, and Pat, you laughed at this and it was funny, but when we were doing the coaching board, you know, and I'm the one who's like, I'll, I'll, th- I'll, I'll type the, I'll, I'll type the hypo thing. And uh, you laugh. You're like, thanks for giving me his life story. And I was like, I found it interesting. I found it interesting. This is a guy who comes from South Dakota where there's just no prospects really ever. You just, it's just not a place, you know, play, people play basketball from there. That's what they do. Or they play hockey. They just don't play a lot of football. And he put up really good numbers for a school that had never been very good. And he ends up winning a bunch of games and some, some, some prospects or some, some big schools are interested in him but none of them offer him a scholarship. So he goes to FCS Weber State. And just when he thinks as a redshirt freshman that, or that, that he's about to win the starting spot because he played a little bit toward the end of his first year, and then he thinks, okay, the next year uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a chance here as a redshirt. I'm, I'm going to really get it going. Tears an ACL. And he just can't get his way back up top of the depth chart. At an FCS school, by the way. So he goes then to a JUCO in Utah, like Snow College, he literally goes to. I had never in my life heard of Snow College. Had you heard of Snow College, Pat? Had you ever no. heard of that? It's it's a place, and, and apparently Heifel described it as like a bunch of like turkey farms in the middle of nowhere. That's how he himself described it in a story I read. And so he's only the like he's fifty percent. He's a co-starting quarterback at this JUCO. Somehow 
Bob Stoops and Oklahoma get on the radar, and they sign him. And he's not even the full-time starter at Snow College. So he rolls up to Oklahoma, and he ends up being, like, an All-American. He wins a national championship, undefeated. He ends up being second in the Heisman balloting. From South Dakota to an FCS program to a JUCO where he's living with eight dudes in an apartment, you know, having a closet for a bedroom. And then he goes to being a national championship winning quarterback at Oklahoma. I think that says something about a guy. I do. That's a guy who's motivated. That's a guy who's tough. And that's a guy who has seen some adversity, man. It's like, what's family guy? He's seen some things and some stuff, man. You know, I think this is a guy who's, I think he's got some toughness to him. I do. Yeah, he's probably going to need the toughness in this job. Exactly. Job. Exactly. So, um, uh, and that's about, and that's another thing about him is that, you know, he wanted the job. There are a lot of coaches that didn't want this job. Yep. And kind of getting into the search a little bit, um, what made it tough to cover was is that you would hear something from someone, then you would talk to someone else, and it would be like, not just a little bit different, but almost like the opposite, yeah. right? Yeah. And so you'd be like, oh, I have no idea what's going on. You say, oh, they haven't contacted this guy. Then somebody would say, oh, they have. I think they have. And it was just um, you you had to work a lot of sources at a lot of different places because the Tennessee side of thing was on lockdown because uh, Danny White doesn't have any contacts here because he was only hired, you know, two days before he started the search. So uh, I do think that uh, they cast a pretty wide net. Uh, I think we heard enough West. I think they got down the road a little bit with James Franklin. Yeah, and they were was, and they were willing to go to nearly eight million a year. I think to and, to and, to to make to entice him. And they were yeah they were throwing out big money, uh, big numbers. I think they probably in some capacity went after Matt Campbell. I think they probably yeah. the betting included PJ Fleck, which I think you know a lot of Tennessee fans were rolling their eyes at that. And I'm like, in this situation, you're going to turn down a guy that took Western Michigan to the New Year's Six game and was had Minnesota in the top 10. Like, you, you're too good for that. I mean, come on. Um, I don't think Sonny Dykes was ever really a serious no. candidate. I think he was, uh, again, a guy that got vetted. He was a, um, he, he, he was a holy bleep candidate. If things hit like about, an absolute wall, he would have been a candidate. Well, um, you know, there, there, were, there were connections there with White and his family and Sonny Dykes, right? Because his brother, who's the basketball coach at Florida now, was at Louisiana Tech when Dykes was there. Uh, and Danny White's sister works in the SMU athletic department. So there were some connections there. Uh, obviously, we heard a lot about Tony Elliott. Um, and and there's, there was some stuff today. I haven't seen all of it because it's been a busy day with Hypo getting hired and the press conference and schedule being released and all that. But apparently – Seems like Clemson's gone on some sort of little victory parade that Tony Elliott turned down Tennessee. I'm not positive not about really that. Not really what yeah. we were. It's not what we were hearing Tuesday night. That's for sure. Um, you know, for some from some people over there, it sounded like he was kind of still waiting. So I don't know if that's one of those like retroactive kind of things that happen with these searches that once the once the hires made, you know, people are a little bit more willing to talk, and of course. You know, Clemson, their talent and their stability and all that kind of stuff that their coordinators never leave. And so, um, but I, and you know why they're doing that? You know why they're doing that? Because in Alabama, they leave every second. That's why they're doing it. That's exactly why they're doing it. (laughs) Um, yeah, that's a good point. But, um, you know, Clemson's assistants never leave while Alabama's bringing in NFL coaches to be position coaches and then they're hiring Robert Gillespie 
to be the running backs coach and probably going to bring in Jay Graham just to coach special teams just because they can. Mm-hmm. It's like the recruiting is really suffering, so they're bringing in those two ace recruiters. Um, <laughs> yeah. But God, um, God bless them. They need all the help they can get. So, but, you know, did Elliot say no? I don't know. Like, it it kind of gets back to what I said earlier about this search. You would hear something, and then you would hear something kind of totally different. So, um, and a lot of fans were, you know, still clamoring for Hugh Freeze, although it was – very obvious early on they were never going to go that direction even before Pruitt was fired um from the top of UT's administration it was clear they that were was never not gonna, gonna you know Lane Kiffin was never really considered um and I don't ever think they'd really ever talked to Jamie Chadwell either who kind of got some play there at the end as a, as a quote-unquote fan favorite and so yeah I don't I, I, I don't think anything serious happened there either I, I the, the point I'm getting to is this is that Tennessee's in a say in a state right now with an NCAA investigation that could lead to some penalties with a roster that has had um, what your, your top ranked recruit in the 2018 class, your top ranked recruit in the 2020 class and key Lawrence, he's going to Oklahoma. And then I think four of your top six in the 2019 class, those guys are either in the portal or they're other, uh, at other places. Mm-hmm. You've had a talent drain and, and um, one of our users, I'm sorry, one of our loyal customers uh, has pointed this out where, took the team talent composite and like the top 15 guys, like all of them are gone already. I don't know who you are out there. If you want to, if you're listening, you can and you claim credit more power to you, but um, you've lost a lot of talent that from a roster that was three and seven and didn't have a ton of talent anyway. So, you know, you're losing your best offensive lineman, maybe two or three other starters off the offensive line. You're losing your best receiver, Josh Palmer. You're losing potentially your top two running backs. Uh, Your top two pass rushers are gone. In, in Kevon Bennett, DeAndre Johnson, you have a lot of guys that you're missing from this team. I don't know if you were in a good situation as a coach, you would look at this situation and say, I'm going to leave this situation for that one. It would take a lot of money uh, and a lot of security. And, and if you're, you know, if you're James Franklin and you're, you've won 11 games, three out of the past four seasons at Penn state, if you're PJ Fleck, you just had Minnesota in the top 10. Uh, if you're Matt Campbell and you're, you know, potentially could go to the NFL next cycle. I, I don't know why you would, give Tennessee much consideration if at all. Right. I mean, that's just that people don't want to hear this, but um, that's the, the nature of this job. And so um, I think all things considered, they ended up with a decent guy and, and a guy that was willing enough to say, you know what, this is going to be a challenge and this might suck for a minute, but I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go up there. I'm going to put up a lot of points. We're going to maybe put some scare scares into some teams and we'll see what happens. Um, and so that, you know, uh, that that's why this search was, you know, you have to consider that this guy wanted the job, you know, cause not many people did. And yeah. I think that has to be taken into consideration. I know uh, a lot of fans were disappointed in this hire. Uh, I get that. I don't know that it was just this hire that they're disappointed in, you know, Tennessee fans have had to put up with 10 to 12 to 13 years of crap. Um, and, and some of that, like you mentioned with Pruitt, you know, some of the, some of the backlash hypos, you know, getting already isn't because of him. It's just because Tennessee's been in this situation and it's just been hit in the face so many times over the past years that. And coaches uh, knew that fan, too. Just, coaches very, very, very yeah. much knew that too. They absolutely exactly. knew that. You hear, and it's not just a word that I threw out lightly. Toxic was a word that you hear a lot. It's still a word you hear a lot. This place has a toxic reputation right now, guys. It just does. And what, and, and, and we would get asked, you know, what the interest level is in this job. And I always said that there's three categories, right? There's guys that are going to look at this job and say, no way I'm not leaving. I'm good. And where I'm at, 
There would be guys that would say, I'll listen, but you better be throwing out a lot of money and a lot of security. And then there would be guys that would say, you know what, I'll take that job. Um, and, and there were a lot of guys that probably fit into the first two categories. Mm-hmm. And, and Tennessee probably talked to a lot of those guys. Um, and they might've even gotten on the road with a couple of them, but um, they ended up with a guy that was willing to say, Hey, you know, you know, seeing some stuff today, look, some people were throwing out UCF as like the best group of five job in the country. So it's not like Heupel was, it's not like he's leaving a bad situation, right? I mean, he had a Correct. he had a decent job down there in Orlando with a lot of resources and, and all those things, and and he's um he's he's making he, it's this is a this is a career a risky career move. I mean, very very much coaches, so, very very much a risky career move. Very. You much. look at the last few coaches that have uh, that have come through here. Um, their, their stocks were a lot higher when they took the job than when they left it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean. That's just that's just how it is. Um, that's the reality. It, it's tough to hear that for fans, I know, but um, but now you've got your new coach. He puts up a lot of points. He plays some exciting games of football with a lot of scores in the 30s and 40s. Uh, that'll be a nice tra- departure if they can get that uh, straight away next season. But um, I, I think now that that the hire is made, the search is over. Uh, you know, there, there's reason to be positive, but there's also reason. Like, like you said earlier, Wes, to kind of be like, okay, well, I'll be in wait and see mode and just see what happens. Yeah, so much of it's going to depend on what they can get out of the quarterback. <clears throat> Excuse me. I mean, that, that, that's what it's going to come down to. Yeah. They, they, will, they, they, will, they can have some success in this offense as soon as they figure out what they can get out of quarterback and who can be the guy. And, and we'll have to see how the staff comes together too because right now, you know, they're, they're still figuring out, obviously, you know, Pruitt, when he got hired, he had seven guys in the next day. Um, if I pulls that off, that'll be quite a, quite a move, but, um, we'll have to see how the staff checks out. I, w- I would not get your hopes up on anybody that on the current staff staying. Correct. Um, that includes Kevin Steele. Uh, I don't know that, that that's going to work out necessarily. Uh, as I mentioned, I think Jay Graham's pretty much going to Alabama might already be done. Um, we've already seen a report that Derek Ansley is going to the NFL. Um, it, it, in these situations, it's probably just best to assume that none of the guys that are holdovers are going to are going to get be retained and i don't know that that's a terrible thing i'll be honest with you because they're going to be playing a completely different brand of football now and and they they, you know everything that could signal to these guys listen this is a new era they're going to have to they're going to have to get on board with it they just are i mean and and now tennessee listen you've got your coach and you just gave him a six-year deal and you know if there's probation then it's a longer deal and uh, this is your guy for a while now i guess you could say that because it's only four million dollars a year. That potentially the buyout down the road could not be terrible, um, but and that may be you know this is Tennessee, so we could be doing this exact same thing in three years. But I, I think to assume that things will be like that, I, I just don't understand that mindset. I mean, I to me, this guy comes in now and he's O and O, just like Nick Saban as a career head coach at the University of Tennessee is O and O. He's got a blank slate. Let's see what he does with it. Uh, I'm going to say the same thing I said when Pruitt got there. Um, and now I wouldn't have said it if the roster hadn't caved in the way it did, but with the roster caving in the way it has, uh, I, I, three years before I really can make a judgment on this. Um, you're making a commitment to a rebuild and, and this is what, this is what it entails. You are hurting right now and you just have to accept that. Yeah. And another thing, um, the guys that are in the transfer portal that went in last week, don't get your up. Someone then coming back. And as I say that, Eric Gray just committed to Oklahoma. Um, as as Oklahoma continues to tap into that pipeline, he's the, the third uh, former Vol that the Sooners have uh, landed here, which is as um, many wins as Tennessee had last year. Couple weeks, 
Yeah, the Oklahoma knows that Tennessee went three and seven last season. Yeah. Just, hey guys, did you know that <laughs> Tennessee didn't have a very good season, guys? But yeah, uh, I mean, so but uh, I, yeah, I mean, Gray, I, Gray is is following Key Lawrence and Juan Morris. Um, on the day then, when an Oklahoma uh, legend becomes Tennessee's head coach, such as the world of college football. And, well, you know, Oklahoma's robbing Tennessee's roster, and and Tennessee is robbing UCF's athletic department. So their entire athletic dog department. eat dog world. They're like bleep your entire bleeping life. We're taking everybody. You know what? Uh, <laughs> the the trash cans coming. They're coming with us. The uh, what what's that? What's that? The the, the soap dispensers in the bathroom coming with us. Guys, everything. Just washing machines. Everything. Vending machines. Everything. All of it's coming. All of it. All of it. Sorry, Knights. Like your, your entire life is over. It's like in Moneyball when they're like, you're going to pay for my soda for three years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's where things are. But that, that's the so last. Another Moneyball, another Moneyball reference is there's Alabama, the rich teams. There's the poor teams. It's 50 feet of crap. Then there's Tennessee. <laughs> Until proven otherwise. Yeah. I, I mean, you got to go out there and prove it now, Vols. I, but, hey, that's, this is the last thing I'm going to say. Very last thing I'm going to say. We're done after this, right? Yep. Give the dude a chance. Just give the dude a chance. I mean, it's going to be rough for a bit, but I don't care who you hired. It was probably going to be rough for a bit. So you know what? Let's just let's just make this a like a less miserable situation. Can that happen? Can can we try to make this one percent less miserable? Can, can can we try that? Just I'm not I'm not saying like guys brainwash and everything is great. I'm saying like let's just take one step towards civility with this just one step one step let's just give it a chance all all we are saying is give peace a chance is that a good way to end it pat do we need to throw out a choose joy just for one more time (laughs) too soon choose choose this because this is the only thing that you have to choose from right now so choose this you will eat it and you will like it because this is your this is your this is your person now this is your battle captain. Deal with it, guys. Pat, you got anything else? Nope. I think that's a good place to leave it. Let's wrap it up. Thanks, Pat. Yep. And thank you all for listening. Really, truly, thank you all for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. And Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. If you want just Tennessee news on your social media, nothing else, you can go get that at twitter.com slash govals247. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals247, which is updated pretty much every hour on the hour all day at this point. Uh, Tons and tons of stuff. Or if you want that delicious East Tennessee Mountain spring water just right from the tap, go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets to get coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball. Lady Vols, they, they've had a, a nice win in the past couple days too. They're, they're, they're doing some things there. Go get coverage of that from Maria Cornelius, who does a great job covering all things Lady Vols for us. Got a couple of uh, boards that run all the time, all day long. All of us are on them at different parts of the day. We've got the checkerboard for coverage of men's sports, the summit for coverage of women's sports, and both have a lot of off-topic fun discussions as well. If you're having to commiserate with people because you can't go out and do a lot of stuff because of quarantines and COVID protocols, the digital water cooler is always open. And you can get all of that for the low, low price of less than one freaking mediocre average lunch per month. Get you all of that 
And if you pay us that full rate, you get full access in perpetuity to, to CBS All Access, which is CBS's streaming platform, which is every show CBS has ever made commercial-free, new movies every single month. You got live sports, Tennessee football, Tennessee basketball, SEC football, SEC basketball, March Madness, NCAA tournament, UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League, NFL stuff on there, World Series of Poker stuff on there, all sorts of stuff on there all the time, live and on demand. And if that's not enough, and by God, it should be, but if it's not, you also get coverage. Uh, you get Comedy Central stuff in the vault. You get um, MTV, BET stuff in the vault, Nickelodeon, and Smithsonian. That's a $100 plus annual value that we will give you for nothing, for absolutely nothing, if you pay us what is already a ridiculously low price to be a member at GoBoss 24-7. So please take time and go do that also please rate and review this podcast uh we're our schedule is definitely off this week so i'm not sure we'll definitely have one more before the end of this week i'm not sure when it's going to be just to be honest with you but it'll be before the end of the week got some hoops coverage that we need to discuss obviously uh plenty of stuff going on there big 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 game against kansas on saturday in the tommy bowl so we'll probably do some post-game coverage stuff from that you can get all of that at govols247.com and you can get it on this feed so until then wash your freaking hands be freaking nice to each other. Wear your freaking masks. Let's let's get through this, guys. Vaccines are going out. We're getting so close. Let's be good to each other. See ya. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.